Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. I think actually being able to go to these places and film them and show that they still exist in one form or another really brings history to life. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor Bridget Barbara. and She'll be sharing some new videos she's made about the battlefield at Yorktown, the American Revolution Museum, and how to handle antique documents. And she's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode of Dispatches is sponsored by Simon & Schuster, publisher of Liberty is Sweet, The Hidden History of the American Revolution by Woody Holton. Available now wherever books are sold. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor Bridget Barbara. She'll be sharing with us some new videos she's produced for the website. One of the great things about Bridget's videos is that they really do what an article sometimes honestly can't. And it's put you on the ground at a really cool historic site or a really important place. In today's case, Bridget actually looks at some 18th century newspapers, which, uh, you know, is pretty compelling stuff for a lot of us who can't get to an archive in this COVID world. So Bridget's contributions are many And a nice change of pace at the Journal of the American Revolution. She'll talk about two of them tonight, and I encourage you to check them out at www.allthingsliberty.com. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Bridget Barbara. Bridget Barbara, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me again. Tell us about your background. So I have worked in television and post-production for about seven years now. And in 2018, I launched my YouTube channel sort of on the side. It's called The Curious World, which is at youtube.com slash The Curious World. And my channel has a focus on travel, history, and the unusual. So basically, I just make videos about everything I find interesting or cool. And I hope that other people find it interesting as well. And as for the revolution. I only became really interested in the revolution probably early last year. So I am still fairly new to it all. So I'm sort of learning as I go with each video I make on each subject. What first made you interested in taking the trip to Virginia to visit Yorktown? So obviously when you learn about the revolution, you hear the name Yorktown. And I knew that it was this pivotal moment in the revolution that effectively ended the Revolutionary War. And, um, you know, there's an entire song in Hamilton called Yorktown, so you know it's important. Um, But I was actually staying in Virginia, so thanks to, you know, COVID, everyone is working remote, so I've been able to sort of move around a bit, and I was staying with a friend in Virginia, and I thought that that would be the perfect time to finally, you know, do some research, learn what actually happened at Yorktown, and go visit. So I was in the area, I guess. What did you expect from Yorktown before your visit? So to be honest, I had no idea what to expect. And I think prior to this, I had never been to 
any battlefield at all. And I am a huge history enthusiast and I love history. And yet, apart from learning about like battles that took place, I've, I've never actually learned, you know, the strategic movements and things like that that took place within each battle. So this is brand new territory for me. I didn't know what a battlefield would be like to visit. Um, so yeah, I didn't have many expectations. What I hoped I would find was a lot of information <laughs> for someone like a novice like myself who really didn't know much prior. Talk a little bit about the battlefield. It's one of my favorites. Uh, what stands out to you as a must-see part of the experience? I would say definitely start out at the visitor center. That's where I went first, and I was given a brief overview. That's where I got the brochure. Um, unfortunately, a lot of stuff was closed while I was there because of COVID, but just having that brochure and all of that background information was a really good jumping off point. There is an app that you can download that actually, when you get to a different stop, you select it on the app and it tells you a lot of information and context and things like that. Um, so we did it as a car tour. I think some people may do it on foot. I don't know how they do it. I was there in the dead of summer. And so being in a car was very nice, but um, I think you know, there's different stops. You see the British positions, you see the French and American positions. And I think that the stars of the show, like the must-see, cannot-miss things are readouts 9 and 10. That's the thing everyone learns about when it comes to the Siege of Yorktown. Those were the key players, you know. That's where the British managed to stay. That was their last stronghold. And when the Americans and the French wanted to build an even closer parallel to reach all the way to the York River, the British positions at readouts nine and 10 were preventing them from reaching the river. So the Americans and the British had to hatch this surprise assault. And that's the most famous thing about this siege, the surprise assault that happened on a moonless night where the Americans and the French attacked, hatched a surprise assault on these readouts. So those are the places that you definitely want to see. I didn't talk very much about it in my video, but in addition to that small driving tour, there's a slightly, I don't know, bigger one or off to the side where you can actually see even more things like an artillery park, a French cemetery, you see different encampments and things like that. So you can actually spend a pretty decent chunk of your day there. And it makes a really nice day out and you can just grab some coffee and drive along these winding roads. It's definitely worth visiting. You talk about the Moore House in your video. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so the Moore House is the house where representatives met to discuss the cease, uh, during, sorry, during a ceasefire, where representatives met to discuss the terms of British surrender. They drafted the articles of capitulation to figure out how this would all go down. The house was, I guess, badly damaged in the 1800s, and it wasn't until the 1930s that the National Park Service restored that house to the way it looked during colonial times. So that is how they would have seen it back then during that siege. Um, as for editing, yeah, it's, it's tough because you want to make sure you're including all the most important information, but not boring the audience. It's a, it's a fine line to walk, especially with, you know, when I have things published on the journal of the American revolution, it's being published to a, experts you know so many people have such in-depth knowledge and I don't want to 
bore them or tell them things I obviously already know. But at the same time, I'm hoping to attract and maybe excite new people and get them interested in history. So I want to give them like those big key facts. So it is a hard line uh, to walk, get just including just the right amount of information, brushing over some things, going into detail about other things. Um, yeah. What were some of your favorite exhibits at the American Revolution Museum? Yeah. Um, that's tough. I had expected it. I, I don't know why I thought it would just be about the Yorktown battle, but it's actually about the entire revolution in general, which is interesting. Um, I talk about this a lot on my YouTube channel, but I am obsessed with historical faces. And when you first walk into the museum, along the wall on the left, there are these big, huge blown up photos of people who were alive during the revolution, which is to me like the coolest thing in the world. So there's a photo of a man who, when he was small, obviously he witnessed the Boston massacre. There's a photograph of someone who heard the first shots of the battle of Lexington and Concord. So these people actually lived long enough to have their photographs taken. And so to me, that's just seeing that I was just, I just stood there and stared at their faces for so long because, you know, when you learn about the revolution, you're, you're looking at paintings. It's so rare to actually see someone who saw with their own eyes these incredibly important moments in our country's history. So I love seeing that. Plus, just in general, any object on display that someone from that time actually held in their hands. So the example I show in my video was these pistols that the Marquis de Lafayette, I think, gifted to someone else, but he held them. They were in his hands. He knew these pistols. And to me, that just blows my mind. There's also a really great um, video that you watch when you first walk in. There's this theater and it sort of introduces you to the revolution in general, but also the battle or siege of Yorktown and the different themes that were sort of playing during that time. And I thought that was really well done. The recreations, I thought it was all really high, high production quality. So I loved seeing that as well. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your experience with the 1791 edition of the Columbia Sentinel. Yeah, so I the newspaper in my video is the Columbian Sentinel, dated May 14, 1791. And the Columbian Sentinel was a semi-weekly newspaper that was published on Wednesdays and Saturdays. It ran from 1790 to 1840. And it's actually surprisingly easy to get your hands on newspapers like this. You'll see them randomly at antique stores and you can find them online. And so every once in a while, I just buy myself one and it's the most incredible treat because, you know, you can spend hours pouring over this thing. I mean, the letters are so tiny, they pack so much in. And so it's this incredible journey into the past. It really puts you in the mindset of someone from that time period, you know, what they would have read, what they would have been thinking and wondering about. And it just clues you into the everyday life of anyone during that time period. So it is so incredible. It's almost indescribable. Like it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. And this isn't the first newspaper I've done this with. I also made a video about a newspaper from 1817, I want to say. But it's definitely something I'm going to continue to do. It is a huge thrill. In what ways was it like a modern newspaper? I think in a lot of ways, it's it's pretty similar to modern newspapers. I mean, they have everything from politics, different news articles, advertisements, there's listings of things for sale. There's a lot of culture included in it. There are satirical essays. 
I didn't mention it in my video, but there's this poem, this long, beautiful poem in there. There's just a lot that goes on in that newspaper that I think you'll still find in newspapers today. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's surprisingly similar. How is it different from a modern newspaper? Yeah, so it's tough to say. Well, one thing, the first thing that jumped out at me probably when I first got the newspaper is the very first thing on, on the cover page, the cover story is a satirical essay. It's just a funny essay that some anonymous person wrote, which isn't what you'll see today on the cover of newspapers today. The very first thing you're going to see are these sensationalized headlines and, you know, like clickbait and things to get your attention. Whereas the 1791 newspaper was just a funny article. And that's the first thing. That's what they prioritized on their newspaper. Um, I want to say the whole newspaper in general is less sensationalized, but I don't want to speak too generally because I'm sure stuff during the actual war was probably really exciting and, and intense to read. Um, there's a lot of, when you read through this old newspaper, I feel like a lot sort of, it feels like a, like what you'd see at the grocery store, like on a bulletin board. There's a lot of really random little bits and pieces that are sort of funny or strange. Like this one person died of a bite of a mad cat. And that's all you see on that. There's one bit where a husband actually took out an ad in the paper to say that he, his wife is on the loose and she's spending all his money and he will not cover her debts and do not give her anything. But I feel like that is such a random, weird thing that you wouldn't necessarily find today in the newspaper. And I would also say, I guess more abstractly or personal to me, um, maybe it goes without saying, but reading an old newspaper like this, as the reader in present time, we have the luxury of hindsight. So, you know, when you open a paper today, there's all this anxiety inducing headlines where you're sort of wondering what does it all mean and what's going to happen next. So when you're reading something from 1791, you know what happens next. So it's just, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just putting, having the context of reading some news article is, is it just, I don't even know how to say this. It gives you this entirely new way of looking at things. And I think it makes for a more rewarding reading experience rather than buying into, you know, like I said, the anxiety inducing sensationalized headlines and the fear of the future, because we live the future. We already know what the future has for everything you read. So I think that's pretty cool. I really appreciate those. That. Bridget, how do these videos help us understand the revolutionary era better? It's a tough question. Um, I think it's pretty much the difference between, you know, reading about something in a textbook and actually seeing it visually. I think actually being able to go to these places and film them and show that they still exist in one form or another really brings history to life. Um, and hopefully video as a medium may bring in more of an audience and maybe, you know, younger generations may become more interested in history, may become more excited about it rather than just like learning about it in school or seeing it in a textbook because history, I know it's stupid to say, but history is all around us and it's still here and there are so many traces of it. You can get out there and go and explore and I hope my videos show that you can, you know, delve into history yourself and have your own relationship with history and focus on any aspect that you want and really delve into that. So 
I think it offers, you know, different perspectives on history and different people can contribute in different ways. Bridget Barbara, thanks again. Thank you so much. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast, without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution, is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.